2: Co-worker of yours.
0: Hey, thank you very much, Gary. Appreciate it. It's eight thirty-five on this Wednesday morning. It's the twenty eighth day of February, twenty twenty four. I'm John Reed, and glad you're with us here on News Radio WRVA. So now that we're gonna open up a brand new series of interviews here. I hope it's gonna be a series of interviews, because um Richmond's my hometown. Born at St. Mary's Hospital, grew up in the West End and Henrico. I've lived in the Fan. I've lived in Southside. I've, li- I, you know, all this travel around the world is really exciting. But Richmond is my home, and I've been hypercritical. Uh, I, I started out on this radio show seven years ago with a lot of hope for Lavar Stoney, even though he's not a Republican. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to get a Republican as mayor of Richmond. So maybe this guy even though he's a Democrat, I probably disagree with a bunch of things that he's going to want to do. He's younger. He's supposedly dynamic. He's connected with Terry McAuliffe. Maybe the McAuliffe money will come to Richmond. Maybe in the end, even though it's not my guy, maybe he'll do great things for Richmond. I mean, that was my hope. I've been pretty harsh with LeVar Stoney on the air. And, you know, a lot of that came from 2020 and the statues being torn down illegally. His own lawyer told him you're about to break the law, and he didn't care. And yet he still goes around the state touting that, hey, look what I did, (laughs) leaving out the illegal part. And I hear from people who have come to me and said, this guy, just he's not a good manager, and he kind of walks around like he thinks he's the king, and meanwhile things are falling apart. So I've been harsh with LeVar Stoney. But, you know, love LeVar Stoney, hate LeVar Stoney. He's on the way out. I don't know if he's going to be the Democrat nominee for governor. I don't think he's going to be the governor, but who knows? You know, we're about he's not going to be the mayor anymore. So now we got to find a new mayor of Richmond, new hope, new vision. And I'd like to be open to a lot of different folks with their views on the radio station. And I'm sure most of the people who are running for mayor of Richmond are not going to agree with me. They're probably going to hate a lot of the things that I've said on the air. And that's okay. That's OK. I want WRVA to go back to the days when people who didn't necessarily agree with the host could come on and say what they think and have a polite conversation and, and, and let me shut up and let them talk. So Andreas Addison is the first guest. He's announced that he is seeking uh, the position of mayor of Richmond in the upcoming election. He is the current city council person representing the first uh, district here. And Andreas Addison, welcome to the program. I'm glad you're here. How are How are you feeling about
2: um, the announcement that you're going to run?
0: Well, good
2: morning, John. It's great to be back. I always appreciate the invite to come speak to you yeah. and your audience. Um, it's great to be here. No, actually, it's been uh, a long journey getting to the point of officially declaring my um, campaign for mayor it's been kind of an unkept secret um, around the circles of politicos in Richmond for right. probably over a year now. Okay, So um, it's good to get it off, my, off off out in public that I'm officially submitting my paperwork, organized, got a website, all the things to make it work. And I'm excited to step forward because I've been serving the city for 16 years, eight years as an employee, and now in my eighth year on city council. And I feel like I've seen a lot. I've been through a lot. Uh, I've learned I think more than I, I um, would have expected and I think that's what I want to kind of show people is how the city can work and how it can work for everybody
0: one of the things that's appealing to me about your resume if I'm reading it right is that you are an yeah. entrepreneur uh, can you walk yeah. me through that background and how it would uh, influence the 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 judgments you'd make in this role
2: <laughs> you know uh, my journey as an entrepreneur uh, started about three years ago um, an opportunity to take over uh, my good friend's gym, And so Hmm. uh, he's in Scott's edition. He was closing it down. Pandemic kind of impacted it. And so I had this opportunity to kind of reset the buttons and see what I could do to put my stamp on a business. And so over the course of about a year and a half, I navigated the city's permitting process, which was uh, burned through a year's worth of free rent that I had in my contract. Um, Got frustrated with some other challenges in regards to just dealing with getting a business open. I Even felt as like a it,
0: city councilman, you had that problem?
2: Yeah, so I tried to keep it a little under wraps that yeah. I was a city council person. I wanted to go through the experience as everybody else would. Mm-hmm. Um, and it showed me a lot. And so I think one of the biggest things about my business its a gym. We're a boutique fitness gym in Scott's Edition near Moore Street Cafe. And we do group fitness classes and some personal training. And it's been great watching it. People come into the space and just want to be a, a part of our classes, our community, etc. And I know what it takes to create that it's customer service it's you know putting other people's first and thinking about their needs before your own in terms of what the business needs to operate and attracting and building a team to support exactly kind of the culture you want to see and watching them kind of make it their own as well right they grow in the space and that's technically what i feel like i built was i built Mm -hmm. a a place for people to come work out or work and coach and they feel like this is the place I want to go to to do this effort, and everything that I need is in the space. We've got towels, we've got showers, we've got all the things for equipment. Um, and when I take that experience and then apply it to City Hall, and I go back eight years ago when I was an employee there, the biggest thing I think we're missing is a true customer focused viewpoint of how we operate. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a job in City Hall. We have thousands of people that do, I think, good work every day. But when things get tough or things are complicated, or Things are needed to be done for me as a business owner or as an entrepreneur or, more importantly, a resident. You should know what those things are. It's not the first time someone comes in asking that question. But it seems like it's always the first time someone's ever come into City Hall to have a complaint or ask for assistance. And for me, when I think about going to Chick-fil-A, it's always my pleasure. Whatever you ask for, I'm happy to get that for you. Whatever else I can ask, whatever else I can get for you, sure. Sure. It's a willingness to know that I know every single thing you need before you ask for it. And I know how to help you get that done, whether it's through me directly or someone else that can help me do that. And that's what I think city city hall is missing is that understanding of service, understanding of, it might not be your job in this moment to do that work, but it's your job in this time right now for this person before you to get it done and help them get it done. Don't frustrate them. Don't give them another form or sheet or person or a room to go to Make sure that they're ready today to do what's needed.
0: I'd like to think that would work. Um, you know, this situation with the restaurants and the tax situation that's been revealed in the last few months makes mm. me think we've got – I mean, I don't want to be mean. I, I've been over at City Hall when I was a reporter and, you know, in this job, and, and people have been polite to me. So that I, I, it's not like I've been overtly treated rudely. But I wonder if you can turn that around um, – I mean, do you think people want to turn it around? Do they recognize you? Just taking the tax issue with the restaurants is the is the primo example. Sure. Do you think they recognize? Hey, we screwed this up. This is a problem, and we got to get our act together. And maybe that requires a a big <laughs> rethink policy wise and attitude wise.
2: I will say, it's unfortunate it took this long to get to the solutions you're now hearing from the administration in regards to forgiving, you know, late fees and and penalties and fees and interest Mm -hmm. on payments from the last couple years. And I feel like it is a test of understanding what it means to run a business, to manage a business and operate. And I mean, not out of government. I mean, like being an entrepreneur, like I have become, and when they come into, especially for meals tax, I had a tour of our finance department on Friday about this exact issue, and it was very evident that we have not invested in technology, in systems, in processes and process improvements um, and our people that use those systems are not trained either because they're outdated old systems. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing with that kind of operation, it's really hard to do customer service because the job itself is harder than it should be. Yeah. And so when you say the question of critically, like is this even possible? It is a, a challenge, but it's going to take really good intentional investment in technology and streamlining processes and looking at it from a, the customer's perspective, not the bureaucracy of government's perspective. We're not trying to protect jobs. We're trying to create an easy environment to invest and open a business. Mm-hmm. And so when you put those into perspective, it doesn't change how we operate legally. It just change how we operate for the person we're serving. And I think that that's just the perspective change. And I think it is possible. we have got examples from around the country mm-hmm. of, you know, portals, online portals and services that are aligned to meet you where you're at, because the worst thing a city, a uh, uh, entrepreneur can do is take time out of their business operations to go to city hall to take care of something. Yeah. That's hours of time that's not needed and not at value added. Why can't I do this from my phone, from my computer, from my work site, whatever. And that's the thing I feel like we need to elevate and improve upon. Yeah. Let's say you become mayor
0: year one. Remember Glenn Young can talk about day one. I'm not even going to do day one. Let's just say year one. What are your priorities?
2: Um, You know, I think focusing on the economy is a big thing for me. Strengthening our workforce preparation, really helping get people into jobs that are in our city. Um, I think a, what would they call the cradle to career pipeline, elevating where we're not doing that Mm -hmm. and trying to support our school systems with after school programs apprenticeships, et cetera. I think that's something is a key in, investment I want to do. But economically beyond that, it's truly identifying the problems that we have and not meeting the needs of our basic services. And while I think we do a lot of good things, I feel like when we miss the mark, it's a bad miss. Mm-hmm. We have utility bills that are going out with thousands of dollars on them with no notice or information about it. We've got this business tax issue. We've got issues with permitting and licensing, et cetera. And all of those are what people view as, is the city worth investing in? Is it worth my time to open a business in the city of Richmond, a restaurant, storefront, whatever? Right. Because when they see these articles, it's hard to do that. So my biggest thing is to fix that um, view of our city, um, to make us be seen as the best place to open a business in the state of Virginia. I right. want us to be open arms. And for me, that's going to help get people employed, build revenues, etc. cetera. Um, another thing I feel like is important to do is public safety. Um, I know that's a big pressing concern um, for people all over our city. Um, and while we can talk about police officers and we can talk about the need for, um, you know, just have more police presence in neighborhoods for support of safety, I also think it's around um, other pieces of, like, technology. I get so many complaints of speeding and traffic and run, red lights being run or crashes and near misses, especially near schools, and I feel like the more we can kind of just make our streets a little bit safer to walk, especially in the neighborhoods you've lived in in the city. They're walkable. They're nice. But sometimes people drive recklessly in them. And curbing, that's a key thing. And I think the more we can kind of make that be a safe way to represent a city is good. Um, But back to the economy. I think I've got a bunch of tax reforms. Our real estate tax rate has increased 74% since I took office. Gosh, I hear people are
0: crying when they come to City Hall. I mean, literally adults who think the world is over
2: because they can't pay this. And we have to we have to grow with our our families and our residents and our neighbors. And we I have a tax reform proposal that I've been studying for about four years that is, um, you know, I think transformative and focusing on our growth, creating value in land that we want to see that we want to see development in, but then on the other side, not taxing every resident nearby more because the their land or the home is worth more. Um, it's being done in Detroit. We do it in certain projects all over uh, Pennsylvania as a state. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not new. Um, the General Assembly already gave us permission. I worked on that with Senator McClellan back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a matter of really exploring that. And I think I will probably be the only candidate to speak to our tax issue and helping make sure that we keep our city affordable and improve our cost of, uh, address our cost of living and, more importantly, improve our quality of life.
0: Well, that's a big one, and I, I bet you that's a crossover issue. I mean, some of these business issues – you've got certain demographics without being blunt about it that will will find that appealing but you know whether you're a a black family that's been here for 40 or 50 years or whether you're somebody who just moved down from Connecticut that's got some money and you're setting up a restaurant because you think it'll be fun that that is something that everybody has to deal with and it's yeah. important hey i'm out of time today but i hope you'll uh, stay in touch and we'll talk as we get closer to the election. I really do appreciate your time this morning. Absolutely. Andreas Thanks, Addison, who is the current city council person representing the first uh, district in Richmond, and has now announced that he's running for mayor. And I hope we'll talk. I, I really sincerely hope that we'll get everybody on the air here. Uh, and I don't know if you noticed, I will shut up and let you speak and not talk all over you, not hassle you, at least the first interview, right? All right we're back with more in just a moment on News Radio WRVA.